So today is our guest, Felix McIntosh. Welcome, Felix. Hi, Erno. Nice to see you. Nice to see you again. It's been a while. We were together in a mastermind group at Coach.me, and I thought it would be really fun to invite you. You are outside the usual suspects of coaches that I uh, that we have in the coach of me because you are not like coaching in business a lot at the moment and um, for people who are wondering you are you don't have a like a photo background on your zoom or something this is the actual place that you are sitting <laughs> right this is your studio it's my studio in North London. It's a little recording studio. It's actually not a little recording studio. It's slightly bigger than my flat, um, but it's a funny recording studio because it's in the basement of a house. And the woman, the people who built the house were, um, they made music for TV. So they built a special, like a proper studio in their basement. And the woman who bought it, who now lives upstairs, just had a recording studio. So I come and rent her basement. It's all, it's all my gear, but it's her studio. So it's a, it's a funny, funny arrangement. Right, right. And I saw, because I looked at the website, I saw how you talk about how accessible the studio is for people because it had like a small staircase and everything. And it's 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 not easy to get into. So if you have disabilities, it won't be easy to get to the studio. But other than that, it is. it sounds like a beautiful studio that you're having right there. It is. I work with a lot of disabled artists and I have done over the years. So so I, I feel very embarrassed that I don't. It, my, my, my studio is so inaccessible. However, I can always go to other people's houses with my laptop and my location recording gear. So that solves a lot of problems. You started out as as a recording engineer, producer, workshop facilitator and so on at another studio. I've worked at a couple of studios, yes, I have. You, oh, okay, even just more than one. Yeah, yeah. And but you already have your own studio since two thousand eight. Uh huh. So, how many musicians did you see in that time that recorded with you? Oh, <laughs> that sounds like a long time. It is. A of... It's a lot of people. It's a huge number of people. I do you know what? I've got no idea. I've got stacks of CDs that people have recorded. And I was also running a lot of meetups here, so even more people have have come by and done small gigs and met each other. And I'm always seeing people. Um, I saw two people; they'd gone on tour together in Hamburg, and they met here over a beer. So it's really funny. It's it's, it's a big load of people and a load of projects. Too many to mention. I just got this album. This this is the latest latest release from one of my clients. I'm very excited about this. So anyway, it's good. People come in and they, they're a bit shy and they go out and they make albums. So it's all, all good. And it's, it's, I think it's going to be, it's just beautiful. I get a lot of books because I do like a book podcast. And so I receive books from publishers. And I think it's, it's similar to what you do, right? You get all these albums of the people that recorded into your studio. It's just it's so beautiful to get this art from people, this finished product in the end. Well, sometimes, sometimes I have to buy them. I do feel a bit fed up. I do think people should come by and go, you know, this is the thing that we made together. I agree. They should do that. I think it should be like in a condition when they record with you. Like, <laughs> like ah, very good product. point. It will be. It will be from now on. <laughs> but also because so much stuff is digital and I, I'm, I'm a big fan of tangible. I like, I like things that you can, you can 
touch. And it's funny because both me and the, the uh, I, I did co-produce this album, but it's really nice to have vinyl. But both me and the artists don't actually own record players. I, I've got one of those Crosby ones, but I wouldn't I wouldn't scratch this up on on that. So we're, we're hoping it sounds as nice as it looks. I have a I have a record player actually. <laughs> so I love I love um, LPs. So do I. I just just have to rub them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about. Uh, do you have any idea of how many people recorded their music in your studio until so far? Quite a guess. Oh, I don't know. A, a hundred, a couple of hundred. I don't know. And then also, wow. the studio I worked at before then shed loads and shed loads and shed loads. And it, it's. It, I start to think about it, and it's just a lot would describe it. I think really. And in general, what is it that you do when people do record? Because you say you're a producer, but what is it that you do as a well, producer, for example? It really depends. It's some. I have a fabulous jazz artist, and she comes down, and all I do is kind of record her because, or record her musicians because she's very. She knows what she wants. Other people come in, and they really want some help or support. And it's also partly where the coaching started as well. Is actually. I mean, it is a producer's job anyway, is to support somebody's artistic vision and try and um, get the best out of them. And and obviously, um, coming into a recording studio, already you've got somebody else there and you're in a strange place. So And you're supposed to be doing your best possible work and being your most relaxed. So that's that's part of the gig anyway, is actually to be supporting somebody and trying to get them up to their best best possible selves. And then you end up spending a lot of time with people. And then obviously those conversations lead to lead to other things about you know their creativity in general and what they're feeling and you know all of those things hairdresser coach <laughs> recording engineer you know it's all the same thing isn't it and and is it that you think that no so from from your experience from all the artists that you've seen what is what is the the one thing that stops them from from being creative self-talk probably thinking that thinking it's thinking yeah voices in your head thinking that it's easy for everybody else thinking that i think i think all of those things um feeling that they do less work i, I get that from the people who do huge amounts of work that they don't really do enough or it's not right or it's not what they should be doing and you kind of think well it kind of is what you're doing that that's that's what's great you're you're doing it and that's that's lovely and then the next thing will be the next thing and and also it's it's funny isn't it? it's what 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 you like from what i like from from listening to my favorite records is that communication or my favorite books is that communication and the, and the bravery of that person writing that thing that's honest or making a piece of music that's honest and I, again i i'm i I make music that is in the underground. My basement is in the underground. I believe in the underground. I I don't mainstream is not really my thing. I pop music and thrillers and shiny stuff is not my thing. I like I like more authentic, stranger music, books, films. Well, I've listened to a number of your um, songs. <laughs> and it It is beautiful. It is. It is. I like it a lot. I love. I'm surprised, and I'm, I'm. I'm. Thank you, Ernie. That's really, really nice. Thank you. I think, of course, music is 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 a lot to do with taste and you know what you like or not. This type of music is. I like it a lot. So it's it, like you mentioned underground, but also you know like kind of like electronic sounds within 
your pieces. Uh, it, I, I like it a lot. It's it's, it's beautiful. You. Yeah. If you, because you also coach on Coach.me, I, I will show you, I will show people the um, profile on Coach.me so they can see what it is. And, and your one thing that you sell, the packages make music every day. What is it that you do? What is a habit? How can you make music a habit? Well, I think I'll just kind of backtrack back and say that people always say to me, oh, it must be easy for you to make music because you're in the studio. And of course, I'm working with other people's music and I'm working with other people's creativity. And when I get home, quite often, you know, I don't have a strand of creativity left. And I got into that idea of making music every day, habit-based, um, process-based music. So my personal habit is I have to make a beat on my phone or a little tune on my phone. And if I've done that, I've made some music. And as we all know, that leads to one thing or another. And that's partly why I was so attracted to Coach Me in the first place. I just really loved that. And then I did the coach accreditation and I met Kendra. And um, uh, and I know that you just recently had Kendra on this. And she she's such an um, inspirational person. Um, and I, I just really love the whole model of Coach Me. I have believed in coaching before, but I just particularly love the the simplicity and the practicality and the future-based thing of Coach Me. It's, it's, it's great. Is that what you asked, though? No, I just went off on one, sorry. You know, that's good. Yeah, because I, I wonder, is that for, and you do that now, You've, you, you create one tone, one piece of thing on your phone. It's the least. So if, I've, yeah. if I fail to make music all day, I get my, 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 my poor partner, but I'll get my phone and start making a beat in bed. And then at least I have. And what's funny, of course, when you do something like that, it completely bypasses any, um, you know, creative and quite often most of it's rubbish but when I go through because I do go through and have a quick listen at the end of every week often there's just a tiny idea or just just something weird that I wouldn't have done if I'd been sitting down with my bass and doing something proper and having a you know a proper a proper session so it's a, it's a it's a great thing as well okay now I have two ideas I have to remember so you just mentioned you play bass that's what instruments do you play um, my main thing is bass, and I, I program. So I so I, I program lots of things, um, lots of software, and I also use hardware because it's become more and more um, unfashionable in the places I I have, have the musicians and that I personally uh, work amongst. Um, it's kind of very frowned to bring a laptop to a gig because it's too easy, <laughs> which I think was why the whole modular synthesis has come very into the fore. So. So you're much better off with a, a, you know, a small weird synthesizer or a toy or a something, anything that's not a laptop. Um, but I do program and, yeah, that, that's that's my main thing. So I'm a rubbish keyboard player. I'm rubbish guitarist. I'm a terrible singer. <laughs> but, but program, what does that mean? What do you do then? How do you program music? You make make bits and pieces and sample bits, and like you said, take maybe take a sound from um, nature and then manipulate it with effects and um, turning things backwards, upside down, chopping them up, combining them. It's, it's, it's all of that. It's, it's, it, I think as well, talking about, um, I was saying about digital, that unfortunately I'm not the only person who thinks it's interesting to use natural sounds alongside um, electronic sounds that are already in keyboards. Right. But I also remember some of the pieces, not yours, but uh, that 
I see on YouTube, for example, that when they really use like hardware, they have like these huge panels and put wires in there and change the wire and there's another sound coming up. That's what you do too? No, I don't do modular. I don't do modular. Um, it's, it's a very expensive habit to get into. And it's I, I, what I do like is, it, I mean, it's very old because it's like um, Wendy Carlos. I mean, it's very old te technology. It's great. But you're, but you're trying to kind of find a sound that you're, you're always in, in, in search of a sound. It's, do you know um, Daphne Oram, who was one of the people who started the, it's the BBC Radiophonic Workshop? She was one of the, she was actually the originator of it. So it's more famously Delia Derbyshire, who the, the, did the Doctor Who theme. Mm. But um, Daphne Oram used to be able to put two huge um, recording machines together, but only in the middle of the night, and then make these weird tape loops and stuff and sample things. But then she'd have to put it all back in the morning. And you kind of think, Oh, we we have these amazing computers. You can have any sound in the world within two minutes. Everything's loops and da da da. It's so boring to think of her in her kind of fifties frock, pushing the huge machines. But it's just lovely. So so yeah. No, I, I'm not going modular though because it's. No, I I but I also I love the you know the beginning of the synthesizing, you know trying to create so many weird sounds of clips and you know um, small pieces of music and try, trying to make it into a new record or new song even i really like that part i'm a big fan of vangelis or you know those kind of people um just making these weird sound albums which i you know, i'm really fond of going back to the habits thing um, the other question that i came up with me was i'm not sure which writer that was which author it was but you know a lot of very good authors produce a lot of content every day so like they sit from eight to to one or to noon you know they they write for four or five six hours in a row and then they have a break or they stop writing for the day so they just because people feel that you know similar to music that you have to have like some sort of inspiration to start creating something to do to be creative right on the other hand, these people, they don't do that. They just sit, start typing, and creativity will come. How do you see that with music? I, I think that's I think that's absolutely, I think it's, it's the only way. It's absolutely the only way. I was just I was just looking, what's the, because um, it's the, the muse will come, isn't it? If you sit, the muse will come. The muse will, the muse will find you, isn't it? Uh, it's just such a, it's otherwise, and also it's, it, it's about having a practice, isn't it? And practice always seems such a, a dull word, but having a practice is just not expecting something to happen, but you're you're there in the process. I, I did a creativity to, uh, a system with a guy, Mike Monday, and he his thing was splurging every day so that you just make a piece of music every day and good or not. And uh, of course, putting some kind of rules into place like you're only going to use your bass guitar or you're only going to use because it's, look, we live in a world of far too much choice it's so crazy and actually what is what is always good is an idea isn't it it's, it's a key idea and they don't come all the time but you you have to be putting out lots of rubbish to find the good ideas yeah i was just thinking about the book what's it again the um with choice um because we have so much choice, it it really limits it. So, because there's so much, so many options. In the end, you just 
um, go numb or just don't know what to choose and you don't do anything, right? Well, plus also, I feel because I'm pre-internet and pre-computers, and I find it it's very tricky. When I, I work with young people as well doing music, and it's confusing for people because also, you also can have little samples of loops of drums and guitars and things, and you can combine them together. But actually, that's kind of that's kind of choosing rather than making. I think it's very confusing what, what is creativity. Plus all those loops are made by master musicians. So then when you do something yourself and it doesn't sound very nice, which it's never going to sound very nice at the beginning, it's very difficult to want to carry on. So it's also how do you, how do you get past that bit of bit about being really bad? And it's funny because I think people are, uh, boredom is becoming more and more fashionable at the moment. And I know I spent a lot of time being bored as a kid and that totally led to reading and painting and singing and all of those things. Whereas there is nobody is bored because they all have their phones and there is no space or time to just get bored and do something else. Yeah, I was just reading about this book um, by Hartmut Rosa, and oh. um, which is also about, I'm not sure if it's boredom, but it is something similar. I was just thinking also because boredom is also space and I, space is something I'm very interested in anyway because like music is supposed to be the space in between the notes and I'm, I, I love dub music. That, that's my kind of, my thing is dub and that's all about kind of space and echoes and reflections. We need more, but we do need more space right now, right? Right. It's intentional, intentional slowing down. The book is called. I have the. I have, of course, not a Dutch title, which is "Living in the Time of Speed," something like that. That's ah, not. Okay. That's not. That's not the actual title, but it's something like that. It's all about slowing down. The whole book. So it's it, it's an interesting. It's about resonance, right? That's mm. that's similar with music. Mm. And boredom. How do you? How do you now create boredom to? make your music well turn your phone off is always good isn't it <laughs> turn your phone off and just have a bit of space and then before long and that's where that practice thing comes into isn't it because before long if you actually are playing something or beginning to make something time has passed i was just thinking there's a i've just read a book um time warrior um do you know time warrior no oh, it's a crazy book but but his thing is um, doing things in three minutes. So his his starting point is he so he's either saying he says you either do forty things in two hours, which is good, or actually that three minutes turns into a longer project. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's that starting friction. What, what, how can you get past starting friction? And people are always like my my song, my album, my thing. Well, what about just playing a little bit? Yeah, I think it's because I I helped a couple of people write and publish a book. Wow. I, I think the same thing, right? People think about publishing a book, but the thing is you just need to write every day and in the end you will have a book, but it's it's not about publishing a book, it's about writing every day. That's 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 the that's the key. And also publishing a book sounds like fun, but then when you actually come down to it, it's hugely daunting because it's massive and other people have written really good ones and all of that. And it's the same with music, probably. Right? Utterly. Yeah. Utterly. And, and I, actually, what I, what I keep thinking is that 
just in general kind of doing something or making something that just makes you really happy that, that that's actually the joy of you know and if you have something you've written something or you know drawn something badly or whatever it, it, it takes you into that other space that flow space which everybody's always banging on about but it's such a nice space to be if we could all live and float all the time I mean nothing would get done with that you wouldn't do the washing up wouldn't get done but <laughs> I would be floating around being like very happy <laughs> which is good I what I do I take I take uh, walks in the morning and I have like like four routes probably maybe five if I would just you know do something different but normally it's like four roots and so they're always the same so it's there's not a lot new things to see when i go walking except for of course when it's spring the grass is growing and everything else but that you know animals i can see i pick up trash um but other than that the roots are just the same right so it's very it's in the end it's a very dull thing to do but because it's so dull uh, it slows down the mind for me so it, it 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 creates space and for me, it's important uh, to think about long term, to think about, so what is it that I want to accomplish and what do I need to do today to attribute to that? And that's that's why I need those walks outside in nature. I cannot, I can even stand, understand people who do work on treadmills, right? Because for me, that's just, that's no use. It doesn't really help me at all. You know, I can walk, you know, but it doesn't help my brain to do that. What is it that you do, except for shutting down the phone? I go outside, anywhere near a tree. It's always it's always a good thing, isn't it? I, I don't know quite what it is, but it's um, yeah. And I spend a lot of time, like I said, in, I'm in a basement, and I really love light and light and being outside. So, I, luckily, um, we have um, a really big park, uh, Richmond Park, which has deers and stuff in it in London, and that's my my favourite place to go. I'm just going just go and spend the day down there. It's just really nice. I take a book, but I don't actually read. It's just going, just going be, yeah. Well, there you see, we're back to we're back to we're back to space, aren't we? We're back to space. Just, yeah. If you think about the because the one thing you say is you help them to be the brightest, boldest, baddest, creative themselves, right? How, how do you help them to in the studio to to do the work? Because I can imagine if you have been creating music on your own in your own room in your own house without any audience and then you go to a studio to record it and there is suddenly there is audience i think it depends how experienced the people are and i work with very experienced musicians and i work with very inexperienced musicians and i think that's i think there's a couple of things that are useful for people that they've actually paid and that the clock is ticking even though i'm incredibly kind of kind about that but but people will sit and chat and actually you have to kind of move them into motion and, and take them through a process and all of that. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think that's that's I, I think possibly once somebody's actually got to a studio, they're in a good state anyway. I, I kind of want more. I'm thinking a lot at the moment about people who used to do music a long time ago and, and, and have given it up for some reason because I think that's a really really common and when I run my meetups people would come all the time and they'd sort of say halfway through the evening they'd come up to me and go I shouldn't really be here I'm not really a musician and you know, I'd kind of like, sorry what does that mean and then it would turn out that they either had wanted to or they used to 
and it's just kind of really funny you just sort of encourage somebody a little bit and go like well you know do you do you still have your guitar and then they turn up a couple of months later and go oh yeah do you want to come to my gig so it's kind of funny that and again it's just really good for you I think people kind of worry that it's going to take time away from things that they're doing anyway but it, it it's it's good to be creative it's good to have a, a to be thinking, isn't it, about some, something that's not just kind of prosaic life and or expecting other people to do your art for you. You can do your own art. Right, right. And why did you, because you mentioned, you talk about these musicians who'd stop for a while, and you mentioned before when we talked, before we went live, about when you stopped when you were 28. Why did you stop then? What was the reason for you? I stopped because I just had a, a little deal, a little record deal, and then the drummer left and... Um, so the deal went down. I thought, I'm 28, I'm too old for music. And then I stopped. And I, that's when I started going um, and working as a sound engineer. because so I thought, I'll just, you know, there's something funny about music. It always comes back and finds you. I think that's true for everybody, for painters and writers, is is that you, you kind of, God, it's all over. But somehow it nags away at you. Um, and I had a funny thing at that point that a track I'd done a really long time before got put into a film. And then randomly I got to go, I got invited to go on tour with a ska band to Europe. And the guy that ran the studio very kindly gave me a couple of weeks off to go and do that. So it's really funny. I had literally like given it all up. But I I had have given it up two or three times since then. So every time it comes back or I find music again, I'm happier. And I I, I get I about four years ago. I started again after a year of giving up and I noticed that I was being incredibly grumpy with all my clients because I wasn't doing music. So, you know, I thought I'd best sort this out and go and do some music again. Well, if it, it makes you happy, I think it's a good remedy, right? <laughs> but like you're saying, it doesn't always make you happy, does it? Sometimes it feels like a slog and sometimes, but but it's something it does for your brain is is very good. And I think I think sports people are the same, you know, I, 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 it seems like it's just that other other way of thinking or other for me that's like running it sounds like running well you run and you write so so yeah so there's there's a there's a couple of strains there yeah it's just two more things i want to talk about before we um let go is uh, you mentioned also that you work with children who have learning difficulties and we just talked about you know shyness uh, in the, for people in the studio and you say well they don't they've paid and so on how is this how do you do this with these children because i don't i can imagine they're, they're not children they're 11 people from 11 to 25 um and young young people young people young people and and, and i think that's the thing isn't it because people people being the word um what's nice there I, um, I was saying to you as, much, as well that i re i personally really didn't go well at school um when when ideally there when i'm doing a longer term thing like a like a summer project or something like that the young people don't have to be in the room. So if they don't want to be there, they don't have to be there. And it's kind of funny because it also means I can chuck people out of the room and go like, well, maybe you should go somewhere else. So it's funny, if I chuck somebody out enough, they will eventually come back and insist on doing some music, which is really, it's really nice. Because um, I think I think a lot of us just, school and work and stuff can kind of really put you off doing creative projects or and what I really like there as well is that they, there are, there are a few things I have to say, like we're, we're a funded council project. So no, you can't actually swear. I don't mind if you swear, but you can't actually swear in this song or whatever. But letting somebody actually 
not letting, but facilitating somebody to say what they want and try and, you know, find a way for them to do it. So they want to play rock guitar or uh, make beats or whatever. I will try to find what it is that they want to do. And people just come up with brilliant stuff. It's, it's so fun. It's really, really, really fun. And I can see that part about creativity and school and I remember always this TED talk by um, Ken Robinson. Oh, I love Ken Robinson. Why? Why isn't he just in charge of everything? Then everybody <laughs> would want to go to school. And I think that is. I think that is a true point, right? So what he yeah, made. He loves was... education. I love education. It's just schools a bit rubbish. Yeah, the system how it works is just beating the creativity out of the children, out of the young people. Well, Seth Godin always said it's just about making factory fodder, isn't it? It's just yeah. I'm sure that's not true, and it is a little bit biased, though. It is, no, it is It is partly true because it originates from, the, the current system originates from before uh, World War II, where they wanted obedient people for the army, right? So that's how this all started. So at least that's a story that I heard. I, I say it's true, but I, that's a story that I've learned. The other thing that I want to talk to you about shortly is, so what do you think, and when we talked about um, how school is creating creativity, killing creativity, and when you go from school to a job and you also are, you know, you have to work in a certain way, there's processes that you have to follow, there's procedures, there's uh, meetings and everything. How do you think that creative creativity could be, and music maybe even, could play a role in um, bringing creativity back into the workplace? And how do you think that, there's a lot of questions, but how do you think that companies will help that to bring creativity back into the workplace? I think that there is a culture of bringing in artists and into the workplace, isn't there? There's a little bit of that going on. I think that because it's a team building thing, isn't it? I think that for some people that makes them absolutely go, oh no, I'm going to be forced into doing all of that. So I'm not sure that that's, sorry, Erno, I, I, I think it's a good idea. Maybe people should just have a little bit more time to themselves and not be working all the time. I think that, I think, I'm not sure if you, if you uh, what would happen? if i don't know i think it could cause lots i could think it could cause trouble but probably in a good way because 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 also there's a the thing about creatively thinking about your work and creatively thinking and I, I guess it depends you're you're working with with leaders building more modern leaders to actually encourage more humane working practices and that's a slightly different thing as well, isn't it? Actually encouraging people to be creative in that way and possibly facilitating some things could be really, really good. And I remember Gwen talking about about people really feeling that they had to have, make a choice between having their family and building their career and how actually that's a really, really wrong thing for society as a whole. So yes, in, in yours and Gwen's ideal world, um, I would be loving, loving to go into um, a room in somebody's corporate headquarters at lunchtime and be there with some nice um, nice synths and musical toys for people just to come and uh, play with rather than going to Pret-a-Manger. And I think it could be, like you just mentioned, it could be really bad. It could cause trouble. And I think that's what we need. At the <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lovely. 
No, I, and I really, I truly believe that. I think it is important that we have this trouble because the way that the corporations um, are working, the way that they are focused on just making more money, on just growing every year, that's good for economics. It's not good for well-being, right? And we, I believe that we should go for well-being. Uh, you know, since the last two, three decades, well-being is actually going down. We, we are, we are still growing in economics, even it's going slower for people that, than they want, but well-being is going down. And that's that's not the life that we are looking for, right? So please, Felix, bring creativity back into, into schools and into companies, because I believe that we need this trouble, we need these people to wake up so that they can build better companies, right? So they can build companies that people really want to work. Really also... want to work in, not beanbags, but actual messy thinking. Yeah. So please do that for us, next to your all the work that you're already doing with musicians, right? <laughs> well, for me, it's been wonderful to talk to you again so after fun. a while that we've missed each other. And... Um, for me also, it was wonderful to see if we can make a connection between your world and the world that I live in, like in like with companies. Um, and I think in the final part, we did. Thank you for that, Felix. Lovely to talk to you, Anna, as always. And thank you for a, another wonderful book recommendation. Yes. And if you want to uh, watch this if, um, and Felix is going to send me the books that she mentioned and hopefully also the names that she mentioned because I, I don't know these people I will put the names and anything that I get from you into the blog which will be live next Monday and if you want to you know, watch and keep on watching us for the next week every Friday we are here on LinkedIn live 4 p.m central European time and 9 a.m central time so that's it for us. Thank you very much. And we'll see you next week.